Let's open them up to Isaiah 57. Isaiah 57, we're going to first look at verse 15 here. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, you know what the beautiful thing about praise and worship is? Some of you are like, oh, why did we have to stop? Why do you? you don't have to. Take it home with you. Take it in your car. Start doing it everywhere you go. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You see, this is the, the benefit of the corporate anointing, right? I mean, watching it online, sure, Pastor James' sermons are amazing, and you can watch them online, right? <laughs> but it's nothing like being in the presence of God, in the corporate anointing. Amen? All right, here we go. Isaiah 57, verse 15. It says, For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive, say revive, the heart of the contrite ones. Now go down the road to Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60, let's look at verses 1 through 5 here. Setting this message up nice with these couple verses here. It says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep, deep darkness the people. You kind of seeing that on this earth yet? But, thank God for buts, amen. But the Lord will arise over you, and His glory will be seen upon you. Say upon. Interesting, it doesn't say in, it says upon. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from afar, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. Say radiant. I like that. And your heart shall swell with joy. I like that too. Because, why? Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Oh, that's good stuff. Amen? Amen. Now, today I want to talk about this. Ready? The characteristics of revival. The characteristics of revival, the characteristics of outpouring, and in just this praise and worship, it just confirms we are heading into a time that, I mean, this is just the beginning. You, you understand that? This is just raindrops of what we're seeing. We're getting ready to enter in a season, not only in this church, but in this thumb region. It's been prophesied that a mighty, mighty revival is going to sweep across even this whole region. And I I mean, we're not the only ones that's going to sweep across the world. But I'm kind of interested in my own home area. I don't. Right? I want it to happen here. Thank God it happens other places. But Lord, do it here. Amen? See, here's the deal. We throw around the word revival a lot. And some people have no clue what we're talking about. Now, when I first started pastoring here a couple years ago, I, I really started talking about revival and outpouring. And, uh, you know, and, and someone actually said, is that all he's going to talk about is revival? Wow. 
Is that all he's going to talk about? What's this revival stuff that he's talking about, right? Well, most people that get offended by it, they don't stick around long enough to find out much about it. I, I like what Brother Hagen said. Brother Hagen used to say, well, bless their darling hearts and their stupid heads. <laughs> Are you following me? Bless their darling hearts. Well, our head can get in the way. Our head, our head, our head can get in the way. Amen? Amen? See, most people that are offended, like I said, they don't stick around long enough to find out what it is to experience it for themselves. If you have the wrong attitude toward the moving of the Holy Spirit, you will never be a partaker of it. Your offense toward the Holy Spirit will block you from benefiting from Him. It's, it's no different than you offending someone. You know, this, this, say a person's been do, doing something real nice for you, spending time with you, and all of a sudden, you know, they offend you. Do you want to do anything nice for them anymore? Do you want to waste your time on them? Hello, am I, is anybody breathing in here today? The Holy Ghost is no different. It says that he can be grieved, in fact. Now listen, the word revival simply means this, a renewed zeal to worship and obey God. That's what it is. It's a renewed zeal. It's bringing back, uh, brought back to life. What you once felt when you first come to Jesus Christ, you're going back to your first love. Amen? I like this version of it. The word revive also means this. I like it. To restore to consciousness. In other words, you've been living your life. You've been getting tangled up with the, with the junk of this world. And now it's time to bring Jesus back into your consciousness. It's time to put Jesus at the focus of your life. To restore the consciousness. I love it. Now, I want you to notice that the words revival and revive are words that apply to your personal walk as a Christian. See, an unbeliever can't be revived because they were never alive spiritually before. So the per people that can be uh, revived, renewed, are, are born-again Christians that are backslidden. Do we have any backslidden Christians in here today? Oh, never mind. I didn't. <laughs> you don't have to have a show of hands on that one. I'm just teasing you. But in other words, revival begins in your heart. Revival begins in your heart. So we need a revival when, when reading and hearing God's word seems boring to you. Come on. We need a revival when we think praise and worshiping God is boring. See, if, if during that praise worship, all you were doing was just kind of, oh, when are we going to get moving on? What are we going to? You need a revival. You need to be revived in your heart. Amen. Your heart has grown cold toward the Lord. Your heart has grown cold toward the moving of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. See, we need revival when we have forsaken the Lord Jesus Christ for the trash this world has to offer. The church needs a revival when we're willing to forsake absolute moral standards uh, from God's word for money. Come on, somebody. We need a revival when our spiritual priorities are out of order. Simply put, we need a revival when our desires and priorities don't line up with God's desires and priorities. Have you ever noticed, it says, if you pray according to the will of God, the Word of God, it says that's when the connection is made and that's when answer comes. 
So so then we know the negative part, the bad side of it is when our desires don't line up with God's divine order. See, we can also use uh, the term revival in a corporate sense, meaning in a local church, right? Such as revival taking place in a local church or in a specific region, in a city, an area. But the core meaning is in reference to your personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. The word revive is interesting. I love that. Restore to consciousness. Say it in consciousness. Many Christians are in a fog. They're lethargic. They're not aware of what God is wanting to do. They're not aware of what God is getting ready to do. Amen? They've gotten off track spiritually. All right? Go to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. I promise you, if you hang around this church, you're going to get lit on fire. Trust me. You're going to get lit. Okay? So... I don't care what what your attitude is now. Force yourself to be here in this atmosphere. Amen? Force yourself. All right? Because soon that that match will light your fire. Trust me. All right? You'll you'll start to feel your heart starting to shift. You'll, You'll start to feel a hunger on the inside, a spiritual hunger and desire. It'll it'll just, and you'll be against your natural mind. You're like, wow, I. I don't know why. I just feel like I need to be here today, right? That's the Holy Spirit saying, I'm getting ready to light your fire. Come on, somebody. Joel 2.28, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Say all. all. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Oh, come on. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Whosoever. God doesn't pick and choose choose who he wants to go to heaven and hell. You all have a choice. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Now, so God said that he would pour his spirit upon all flesh. But listen to this. That won't spark revival in itself. Listen to this. See, what, what Joel 2 is talking about is not revival. It's talking about outpouring. Say outpouring. How do we know that? Because it's going to affect unbelievers. Are you following me? The real question is this. This is what you got to understand. How will we respond to the Holy Spirit when He's poured out? It's our personal response that matters. Amen? Have you ever seen someone, they come to a service like this, and and you can kind of feel them getting drawn, but they stop it. it, They feel uncomfortable. They stop it. It's all about your personal response. Because even the Holy Ghost won't force himself on you. 
I, I have known people that were praying for a, a revival and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and the Lord begins to do it, and they ended up leaving the church because it w- didn't look like what they expected it to look like. Well, that church is weird. See, it's missed it, their expectation. See, when you, this is how you got to come into it. Lord, whatever you want to do, I'm going to flow with you. However it looks, however foolish in the flesh it makes me look. Lord, I want more of you. I don't care about the praises of men. Are you following me? It was out of their comfort zone. Say comfort zone. So the question is, how will you respond when the fire of the Holy Ghost falls? See, we got a very small taste of it here at LWC of what God is wanting to do on a larger scale. And then guess what happens? Hell usually breaks out. Are you following me? That's what happens when the Holy Spirit's getting ready to do something. When all this weird junk and gossip and all this offense toward leaders, offense toward the when all this stuff starts, you know the devil's fingerprints are all over it. But people are in a fog. They don't realize it. They get caught up in the flesh, and you just want to slap them in the face. Do you understand what the Holy Ghost is getting ready to do? And you want to be caught up in the flesh with this? Come on, somebody. See, the fire of the Holy, the, the fire of God, the fire of the Holy Spirit reveals the true condition of the heart. How do we know when this revival begins? What will it look like? Of course, we cannot comprehend the fullness of what God's going to do. But I want to give you a few basic points. Very basic points that will help us to recognize that God is pouring out His Spirit and how to flow with Him and not push against Him. Are you ready? The first characteristic of a revival, personally and corporately in an outpouring, is that there will be massive, massive widespread evangelism taking place. Joel 2 said that God would pour His Spirit upon all flesh, not just Christians. Amen? The Holy Spirit will convict unbelievers and backsliders of their sin and point them to Jesus Christ. On the other side of the coin, the Holy Spirit motivates Christians to tell others about Jesus. If you're not telling others about Jesus, you don't have enough fire. You haven't experienced the fire then. See? I mean, if you really have something good, you're going to tell someone about it, aren't you? See, when there's a heartfelt desire to see the lost saved and action being taken, that is where the Spirit of God is working in your life. Because the main purpose of the Holy Ghost, His whole ministry is this, to glorify Jesus Christ. Right? And so everything else that the Holy Spirit does is wrapped around that one purpose, to glorify Jesus. All right? So in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit was first poured out uh, on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up. Listen to me. He stood up in front of a huge crowd and began to preach and teach and testify about the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Go to Acts chapter 2 here. Now, I want you to notice something. It wasn't a planned sermon. It wasn't a planned message. It was by inspiration by the Holy Ghost. That's when you're going to get a result. Now, we can get it, of course, you know, by studying for a message and stuff. But I'm telling you, some of the most... By the way, that was a great message last week, Linda. Amen? Amazing. 
But sometimes the greatest messages are just by inspiration at the moment of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, 37 through 41. Hallelujah. It says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then, that, uh, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children and to, uh, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. That's not a message that many people want to hear, do they? Be saved from this perverse generation. But it was the Holy Ghost motivating him. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. 3,000 were saved and water baptized from that one encounter. Some of the most anointed, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, some of the most anointed and effective preaching has been, even when I've done it, is just spur of the moment. Things that are not even in my notes, just all of a sudden, just a bubbling up comes up and you speak it and it ends up touching everybody. Amen? When the Holy Spirit is being poured out on a person, on a church, on a city, on a region, Christians will have a deep desire to win the lost. And multitudes will make Jesus Lord of their life. If you got Holy Ghost fire, there will be proof of it. Amen? The unsaved will see the living water of the Holy Ghost springing up in you. And they'll say, I want what you want. When's the last time someone came up to you as a Christian and said, I want what you want? If they haven't, we got some work to do. Amen? It will stir up a spiritual hunger, a spiritual thirst on the inside of people. If, it's not, if that's not happening, there is no revival. There is no move of the Holy Spirit taking place. We as Christians, we need to be witnessing to the unsaved whether there is a move of God or not. You understand that, right? When you start to minister in the Word of God, you're, you can ignite a, a move of God. Are you following me? In fact, there's, there's a scripture that says, as they were preaching, it says the Spirit of God fell on people. See, God, God wants to touch people, listen, through the foolishness of preaching. See, the world, looks at, uh, the world looks at all of us, Christians, at pastors like, oh, they're foolish. Oh, they're up there just, you know, preaching, preachers, right? Oh, but little do they know, the foolishness of preaching is what the Holy Ghost used to fall on people. Amen? Amen? If there's not a move of God happening, do what you can do to ignite the move of God. Amen? Now, um, this is why we need revival. Because a lot of the body of Christ has lost their desire to evangelize. There's been, there's, it's just gone. Why? 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 Because we're full of selfishness. We're full of the flesh. 
When you're full of the flesh, you're full of selfishness, you're full of yourself. So you're not even thinking about other people. You lose sight of spiritual reality that people are going to hell in a handbasket on this earth right now. Amen? All right, here we go. The next characteristic of a revival is that there will be a supernatural unity among believers. Supernatural. After the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, listen to Acts 2.42. Go there with me. Acts 2.42. Hallelujah. And they continued steadfastly, Christians, in the apostles' doctrine, right here, and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. I like that. Say fellowship. fellowship. Now, the Greek word that's translated fellowship is koinonia. It means this. It means a unity, a close association, a partnership. Listen to this. You go even deeper, a society. A society. I, I'm convinced that probably God has a little more deeper of a... Um, expectation for his people to unify more to get together more you know what the world would call a cult right god desire <laughs> listen i'm not going to make you drink kool-aid i'm not going to take you out to the i'm not saying that but i do believe that god has a deeper expectation for christians to unify more to get together more, to be vulnerable with each other more. Amen? Yes. See, that's talking about a supernatural union or unity among believers. That's when, when revival broke out. There was a longing for closer fellowship with other believers. There wasn't a pulling away. There was no desire to be a lone ranger. Everyone wanted to do their part. I like that, right? So that means believers, like I said, were very vulnerable to each other. They gave each other access into their life, right? Well, it, it reminds me of James where it says, confess your sin one to another and what? Pray for one another. How many of you know that takes a vulnerability? When you're with another believer and you say, hey, look, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with pornography. I'm struggling with this. Are you following me? Yeah, so this is why it's important. We need closer relationships. In connection with each other. God desires it. And there is, Psalm 133, there is a blessing on unity amongst the body of Christ. Amen? They were vulnerable to each other. They gave access. The gossip and backbiting stop. See, that's what happens when there's a move of God. When, when, when it starts to go, those people who want to flow with that. The fruit of revival. The fruit of getting your heart right with God. Is that junk will stop. Amen? Look at Acts 4.32. Acts 4.32. Through 35. It says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart. Underline that. Were of one heart. And one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of his things he possessed was his own. There was unselfishness. But they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. 
nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of those things that were sold. Now, don't get nervous on me. We're not going to make you do that. (laughs) And laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed each as everyone had need. Now, so Christians were of one heart. They're of one soul. There was a unity and, you could say this way, a compassion toward one another. There was an, I like this, there was an unselfish generosity among Christians. Amen? Amen. Say generosity. generosity. Here we go. Another characteristic of revival is that there will be great manifestations of power, grace, miracles, signs, and wonders. There will, let me say it again. Another characteristic of revival is there will be great manifestations of power, grace, miracles, signs, and wonders. Look at verse 33, Acts 4.33, one more time here. And with great power, notice it doesn't say authority. With great power, the apostles have uh, gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. So I want you to notice, and it says power, not authority. Here's the difference. Authority means the right to act. Every Christian, whether you're backslidden or not, every Christian has authority. But not every Christian's walking in the power. Authority is the right to act because of the name of Jesus. Power is the ability to act by the Holy Ghost. Are you following me? There is a difference. Many people don't think there's a difference. There's a difference between authority and power. This said power, it means the ability to act. So power or our ability to act in the miraculous is amplified in an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I said it's amplified. Amen. Go to Acts 4, 13 through 14. Acts 4, 13 and 14. Everything in in a revival atmosphere, everything in an outpouring atmosphere is amplified. See, miracle signs and wonders should be happening regardless, but it's amplified (laughs) when there's an outpouring. Amen. Listen, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. When there's a move of God, it's going to shut your enemies' mouths. Amen? There is a supernatural grace and equipping. Okay? That's what grace is, unmerited favor, but it also means it's an equipping. It's a supernatural equipping of the Holy Spirit, a grace. Say grace. Manifestations of healing will seem to come very easy and effortlessly. You, you remember the healing revival with Oral Roberts and Kenneth Hagin and all these other people back in the 40s and 50s. Some of you might remember that, right? All of them said, all of them said, it was easy. You didn't have to, it was just, you laid your hand on someone, boom, it happened. Miracles popped. There's a difference when there's an outpouring or an atmosphere of revival. Are you following me? 
So, see, prayers are answered extremely quickly. See, that should happen without this. But again, I want to say it, when there's a move of God, it's amplified. Say amplified. Your critics will be in shock at the miracles, signs, and wonders, and at the grace that's upon your life. I want you to notice, it said, they, they, these critics of Peter and John, they, they said, man, these, these guys are uneducated and untrained. So there's obviously something about their appearance that would make them look like Tweedledee and Tweedledum, I guess. Right? But then they started seeing them walk in the power of God. And they said, my goodness, something's different about them. And it says they must have been with Jesus. I'm telling you right now, you spend time in the presence of God like what happened in praise and worship. You take that home. You start to really press in. People are going to notice it on you. They will notice a glow on you of the glory of God. Amen. Look at Acts 8, 5 through 8. I feel like the Lord's having me preach this to prepare us for what is coming. Come on, somebody. Well, pastor's just got wishful thinking because, you know, he's the leader of that church and he just wants it to happen. No, no, no. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Acts 8, 5 through 8. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So there was miracles that they could hear, and there's miracles they could see. Undeniable. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed. And many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. The gifts of the Spirit will be active on a regular basis. Not just a little crumb here and there. Are you following me? When there's an atmosphere of revival and outpouring, it will be a normal thing. Amen? Now listen to this. Verse 9 through 13, if you were to read it on your own. It goes on to talk about a man named Simon. Simon the sorcerer, right? He was into sorcery. What is that? He was into the occult. But then it says he got saved. He got born again. And when there's a revival, when there's an outpouring, when there's a move of the Holy Ghost, the counterfeits of the occult, the counterfeits of the enemy will be exposed. They'll be put to shame because of the real power of God. Again, what did Satan say? He said, I will be what? Like the Most High God. He'll never be above. The best he can do is a fake counterfeit. Are you following me? Psychics, all this junk, tarot cards. If you're into it, get out of it now and come see us for deliverance. I'm not joking about that. See, so there will be an increase. Listen to this. There will be an increase in a move of God of angelic activity in that area of revival and outpouring that's taking place. There is massive movement of angelic activity. Why? Listen, listen. You want to know why it's so amplified, the the power of God, the the gifts of the Spirit, and all these things are so amplified? Because there's more angelic activity. You want to know why there's more miracles? Because there's more angelic activity. 
Angels do more than what you and I even comprehend. Are you following me? Now, looking now looking back, it just kind of got revealed to me. I did a two-part series recently on angels. Now I'm talking about characteristics of revival. I, I didn't even think, you see, this is the Holy Spirit putting this whole thing together. I didn't think of that until now. It just, the Holy Spirit is setting this thing up. He's teeing it right up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. All, isn't it? Yeah. Listen, all you, being led by the Holy Spirit is easier than what you think. People try to complicate it. People try to complicate it. But you're being led by the Holy Spirit more than you even know. So there will be an increase of angelic activity. The manifest presence of God, or also known as the glory of God, will be seen and felt tangibly. I, I don't know. Have you guys noticed it in, in, in our praise and worship sometimes? You'll, you'll almost notice like a hazy kind of look. Has anybody else noticed that? I have. Yes. You, yes. Mike has. You'll notice that, hey, that's the glory. That's the manifest presence of God starting to fill that, this building. In fact, I got sparkles on my hand now. It happened in California in our meeting, too. All of a sudden, I mean, it was thick. And everyone went under a light there, and they're like, oh, my goodness, I got it, too. You see, when the glory of God starts to fill a place, miracles, signs, and wonders start to pop. Amen? Now, caution. Now, this is my caution. Get ready. You may see some strange things in an outpouring and revival atmosphere. Go to Luke chapter 5. Go to Luke chapter 5. <laughs> you might see some strange things. Things that really take you out of your comfort zone. Uh, Luke chapter 5, 18 through 26. This is biblical. What do you mean you'll see some strange things? The Bible talks about this. Listen to this. Luke 5, 18 through 26. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay, lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst before Jesus. When he saw, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Little did they know they had God in the flesh standing right there, Jesus, right? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power. That means authority, if you look that word up. Has authority or power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Listen to this. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been laying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, here it is, we have seen strange things today. I like that. Don't you like that? 
These people saw a lame man healed, and they said they seen strange things today. But really, it's normal in the kingdom of God. Amen? Here's the deal. It's strange to the people that are have a carnal mindset, that are focused on the limitations in the natural realm. Think about that. That's who it's strange to. I'm looking for it. Every time, every time during praise and worship, when I'm walking and praying, I'm looking for I'm looking for it. I'm looking for angelic movement. I'm looking for these things. But to someone who doesn't know these things, they're going to say, that's strange. Twilight Zone stuff, right? But there is literally a collision and a confrontation between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness when there's a revival atmosphere in a move of God. Because of these things coming to, to pass, right, it leads me to my next point. Here we go. Another characteristic of revival is that there will be great persecution. There will be great persecution. Not everyone will embrace the revival and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in a church or in a region. Amen? Because of that, there will be great persecution. And of course, uh, you know, Satan and evil spirits, they're going to try everything they can do to try to stop it from happening. Are you following me? They don't want it to happen. Some persecution will come from unbelievers and some will come from people that call themselves Christians. As an outpouring and revival get closer, you will notice Christians doing some real stupid things. Are you following me? People that can't perceive what the Holy Ghost is doing. Because you've got to be in a spiritual mindset to perceive what He's doing. Are you following me? Some will try to split churches. Are you following me? Say split. <laughs> but when God's in it, you know, really though, think about it. So you just got to praise God when this stuff happens, really. Because really what he's doing, he's trying to thin out the crop. That one that would have been a hindrance to the move of God. Think about this. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Bye-bye. Right? not going to hurt my feelings. You know, that's why the move of God is so powerful, even in small gatherings. Why? Because there's true unity. Right? Oh, hallelujah. Now listen to this. So another characteristic of revival is there's great joy and the fear of the Lord. There's great joy and the fear of the Lord. After Philip preached uh, Christ to the people in Samaria and ministered under the power of the Holy Spirit, it says in Acts 8 that there was great joy in that city. Where, where the kingdom of God is, there's joy. Are you following me? God is not against you and I being joyful. Okay, When he shows up, when his presence manifests, that's a byproduct. That's a result of his presence. Amen? Uh, it, it's, it's a byproduct of the moving of the Holy Spirit. All right, now listen to this. Sin stops when there's a move of God, when, when people are really being touched, when there's a revival happening. Sin stops because of the fear of the Lord. Which leads me to my next point. Another characteristic of revival is that there's greater judgment and responsibility toward believers. Oh, you didn't hear me. 
See, this is, this is the one that I don't like to preach. But I'm a leader. I'm a pastor. I got to preach it. Are you following me? Don't ever forget this. I heard someone say this before. The glory of God and judgment come together. They're twins. The glory of God and the judgment of God come together. They're twins. Um, And I have scripture to back that up. How about Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5? Come on. They lied to the apostles, but ultimately they lied to the Holy Spirit. That was the danger. See, what happened? Greed crept into their heart, and they were struck dead. Uh, That's New Testament. That's the book of Acts. Oh, it's getting real mighty quiet in here. Come on, Holy Ghost, raise the atmosphere back up. Come on now. See, but this happened during a time of revival of Pentecost. I want to encourage each and every one of you, deal with the dark places of your heart right now. The Word of God says, judge yourselves and you won't have to be judged. How about that? Deal with your own life. Don't take it to the edge to where God says, you're delivered to the tormentors. Come on, somebody. Because if you don't, when the glory and the power of God manifest, if your heart is hardened, you'll be inviting judgment upon yourselves. I don't want to see that happen to anybody. Amen? Amen. The glory of God and the judgment of God are released together. And it's very dangerous when God's starting to move in a local church or somewhere and someone tries to step in to break it up. Hello? I wouldn't want to be that person. Are you following me? That's why it's so dangerous to sow division in a local church and in the body of Christ. Because here's why. Because you're not fighting against man. You're not fighting against pastor. You're not fighting against the board. You're not. You're fighting against God himself and what he's trying to do. See, God takes, that, uh, takes it very personal. God takes it very personal. Fighting against God. See, if you forsake God's interest... He'll resist you. The Word of God says that God resists the proud. That's the Christians. That's not talking to unbelievers. Amen? And that you will open the door to tormentors. Not that God wants to do that, but the Bible, Hebrews, does talk about the chastening of the Lord. Have you ever chastened your child? They did something that got, would have gotten them in trouble, and you had to punish them. Oh, it's getting real quiet. See, here's, you want to know, it, it's sad that these kind of messages and points are, bring such a negative reaction on people. Want to know, know, know what that tells me? That's not being preached in pulpits. But then you got people dropping like flies because they're out of the will of God and they open themselves up to the tormentors. Are you following me? See, even, even Moses, right? You look back in Exodus and stuff, in, in the other books. Moses, when people talked against Moses as the leader, I'm not just saying this because I'm a pastor, but it's just true. Gossiping about leaders, God takes that personal because God put that leader in that position there, in that church. Are you following me? And, and then the other side of the coin is, uh, going is the danger of going outside of your calling, or as the word says, thinking of yourself more highly than you ought. Are you following me? 
Someone who's trying to be something that they're not. Being and doing something that they're not called to do. And it's so in division. See, now Ananias and Sapphira, listen to me, before you start saying, man, God's harsh with Ananias and Sapphira. You got to understand, Ananias and Sapphira had time to repent. Are you following me? They had time to repent, but they willingly and rebelliously refused to heed the voice and promptings of the Holy Spirit. And then judgment came, right? So when you see the awesome power of God like Ananias and Sapphira did, okay, uh, and you still choose to willingly rebel against God, there are no more excuses except for judgment to come to try to correct. Are you following me? All right. No. So, so the, the Ananias and Sapphira account teaches us that God takes the work of the ministry and the advancement of his kingdom very seriously. And we need to as well. Amen? All right. Uh, that, that's why it, it's just some of the things that people bring up that they're irritated about. I'm thinking, in the light of eternity, this is what you're bringing to me? Right? Can I just be honest right now? In the light of eternity, this is what you're worried about, huh? <laughs> I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's like we're back in middle school, people. <laughs> right? <laughs> I hear the laugh from someone who had to deal with it when there was no pastor. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, regardless, we walk in love. We walk in love. Yes, you too. We walk in love. We love people. But but if you're bold enough to come to me with that kind of issue, be man or woman enough to take correction. Are you following me? Be man or woman enough to take correction for it. If you're going to get a, give a prophetic word in here. Be man or woman enough to take correction if there's something that's eh, eh. say eh, eh. all right. So don't let this be said of you. Deal with your heart issues and obey God. Don't wait for the tempt, uh, tormentors to motivate you. Don't wait for the tormentors to motivate you. Amen. I want to close one more, just one more scripture and close it out here. Isaiah 60. Go back to Isaiah 60. One through five and we'll get out of here. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to your brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather, gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. You know what that means? You're going to go with the flow of the Holy Ghost, not against Him. Amen. And the tide is turning because you turned around. You dealt with your heart issues and you're flowing with the Holy Ghost, baby. Amen? 
The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. Hallelujah. So when there's a revival taking place, you will see massive widespread evangelism taking place. There will be supernatural unity among believers. There will be great manifestations of power, grace, miracles, signs, and wonders. There will be great joy, and the fear of the Lord will be there as well. There will be great persecution. Get ready. Just expect it. And there will be greater judgment and responsibility toward us, the believers. The glory of God is getting ready to manifest on this earth, in this region, like never before. Come on. It is my mission to prepare you all. If you come to this church, you watch online, listen online. It's my mission to prepare you. For this move of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So let's labor together in the unity with God, unity with the Holy Ghost, unity together, and let's say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done in this place on earth as it is in heaven. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Prayer team, come on forward. Praise God. Now maybe there's someone in this place Number one, you have never made Jesus Lord of your life. Today's the day of salvation. Do not leave. You don't know when you take your last breath. Come to this altar to pray with one of our prayer team members now. Make Jesus Lord of your life. Amen? Amen. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You're, you're the backslider. You feel like you're so far from God. You're ones that you loosed the tempters. Maybe you gave place to the enemy. Maybe you're one that's been criticizing what God's trying to do. You've been, come on, somebody. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, come forward and pray with someone. Let's make it right. Come on, deal with your own heart before the Holy Ghost and the tormentors have to deal with you. Maybe you never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in any tongues. You want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism? Jesus said you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen? Amen. Upon. Say upon. upon. You need prayer for healing, for anything else. Come forward. We'll stay here as long as you need. Visitors, thank you so much for coming today. We hope you enjoyed it. Come on back. You come back again, your family. Sorry, you just labeled that. Amen. All right, I love you all. If you need me, hey, what's up? What? Oh, today is our second year anniversary and a new record attendance of whoa, whoa, whoa. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Woo. Praise God. Wow, two years. Two years flew by. Amen. We're going to keep on rolling. We're not going anywhere. We're staying right here. We're going to see a move of God, miracles, signs, and wonders. God bless you all. Come back next week. Have a great week, everyone. Hallelujah. Praise.